You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I want you to take your Bibles, please, to Revelation uh, chapter 20. I started this last week. I will finish it this week uh, because next week I'll have uh, Brother Vong will be presenting his ministry uh, updates and he'll be preaching. And I'm so excited about you getting to hear from Brother Vong, who is a missionary in Cambodia. But we started last week, Revelation 20. I got a, a good way through it. I think we got to about verse 9 or 10. But I want to draw your attention to uh, Revelation 20. Go back with me to Revelation 19. Remember in Revelation 19, this is the battle of Armageddon. And the battle of Armageddon, there is so little description of the battle. Now think about this. Uh, World War I and, and World War II, and you think about all that was involved with those. Those were major wars. And you think about all the books that have been written about those wars and, and, and all of the, the volumes that you could gather up about those wars. But we get to the battle of Armageddon, the, the greatest battle that will ever take place. And the Bible gives us just a couple verses. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ will be victorious. And all he has to do is he just has to open his mouth. And that shouldn't surprise us because that's all it took to create the universe. It just took God speaking, uh, let there be light. And there was light. It just took the word of God. It just took the breath of God. And, and that's all it took. And here we are tonight and we've got the Bible, which is God breathed. Uh, this is the most powerful book in all the world. It's the only book that is alive. It is the only book that we have that was not written by a man, but it was written by God. And in Revelation 19, it is the word of God that is victorious over all of the armies of the Antichrist. Notice Revelation 19 and verse number 6. The end of the verse says, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Then notice verse number 16. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And when we get to Revelation 20, after the tribulation, after the battle of Armageddon, when we get to Revelation 20, we find a small excerpt about the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ on this earth. We call it the millennial reign. It's found in verse number 4. It says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for how long? A thousand years. That is the millennial reign of Christ. Now, don't get nervous. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign for a lot longer than a thousand years. But this thousand year reign is a reign that Jesus Christ will have on this earth as we know it. This will be before the new heavens and the new earth. This will be Jesus Christ sitting on a throne in Jerusalem 
and he will be ruling the entire world for a thousand years. Won't that be wonderful? No more elections. Hallelujah. Won't that be wonderful? No more critiquing who, whoever is at the top calling the shots. Uh, no more nation warring against nation. Uh, no more conflict in the Middle East. For a thousand years, Jesus Christ will sit on the throne in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that we will rule and we will reign with him for a thousand years. It goes on to say in verse number five, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him, here it is again, a thousand years. I want to give you quickly, I gave you the outline last week, but I want to remind you, number one, we see in Revelation 20, we see the devil. After Armageddon, the Bible says that the Antichrist and the false prophet, they are cast into the lake of fire, okay? That is after Armageddon. But now we get to Revelation 20, and the Bible says that Satan is not cast into the lake of fire. Where is he cast? Somebody help me out. That's right. He is cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That, that, that is different from the lake of fire. He's going to end up in the lake of fire. But as of Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3, he's not in the lake of fire. Satan is cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Now think about this. You know what's going to make the millennium so wonderful? Number one is who's in control. Jesus Christ will be on the throne. But you know what else is going to make the millennium so wonderful? Satan is going to be locked up. And how many of you know Satan is not locked up right now? As a matter of fact, he's not even restrained that much. Now, obviously, anything he does, he has to get the approval from God. But the Bible says right now, he's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible tells us that, that, that Satan is uh, launching his fiery darts against us. That's why we better put on the whole armor of God. But we see that during the millennial reign that Jesus will be on the throne and we see that Satan is going to be locked up. Number one, we see the devil. But then number two, we see the delivered. Verses four through six, we talked about this last week and I, I just want to make sure we understand that the Bible talks about two resurrections. There's the first resurrection and the second resurrection. The Bible also talks about the first death and the second death. Now, the first resurrection is the resurrection of the saved, okay? So, the resurrection of the saved takes place at the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And what's going to happen? The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the first resurrection of the saved. But the Bible says the resurrection of the unsaved will not happen until after the thousand years, after the millennium. Let's do a reminder. Here's our timeline. The next event that we're waiting for on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture. 
the rapture takes place. And when the rapture takes place on planet Earth, the seven-year tribulation begins. That tribulation, we've talked about it. That's the, uh, the, the, the seal judgments. That's the bowl judgments. That's the trumpet judgments. That is the Antichrist uh, uh, going against God's people. And then at the end of the tribulation, that is when we come back with Christ at the battle of Armageddon and Jesus defeats all the armies of the world that have gathered together against him. Then after that battle is the start of the millennial reign of Christ, which is where we are in verses four through six. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. At the end of the millennial reign of Christ, there will be another resurrection. Now this is the resurrection, not of the saved, but this is the resurrection of all of the unsaved for all of human history. The Bible says, notice in verse number uh, 11, the Bible says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. It, it appears that when this great white throne judgment takes place, it, it, it appears that every person that has ever lived and every person that has ever died without Christ will be present at this great white throne judgment. And the Bible says there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to run. There is no escape from this judgment. And the Bible says in verse number 12, I saw the dead, small and great. Did you know that when we stand before the judgment seat for the saved, did you know it really doesn't matter how much money you had? It really doesn't matter how much power and how much prestige you had down here. What matters is what you did for Jesus Christ, right? But at the great white throne judgment, which is the judgment for the unsaved, the Bible says it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you were a king. Doesn't matter if you were a military man. Doesn't matter if you were a CEO. Doesn't matter if you had all the money in the world. The dead, small and great, will all stand before God. And the Bible says, and the books were opened. We'll get there in just a minute. Hold that thought. The books were opened. We see, number one, the devil. Number two, we saw last week, the delivered, the saved, the, the first resurrection. We said last week that if you are only born one time, you will die twice. But if you are born twice, you're born physically and you're born spiritually, the Bible says you'll only die once. Born twice, die once. Born once, you will die twice. There will be a second death. But then we saw last week in verses 7 through 10, we saw the deception. The Bible tells us that Satan is loosed from the bottomless pit after the millennial reign of Christ. Now, the millennium is an amazing, amazing thing to think about. The Bible tells us that during the millennium, only saved people will enter into the millennium. Only saved people. Because after the battle of Armageddon, those of us who have come back with Jesus Christ, we'll already have our glorified bodies. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll, we, this, this mortal will put on immortality and this corruptible will put on corruption. We'll already have those kind of bodies. But at the start of the millennium, there will be people that enter the millennium who are saved but they've not yet died. 
All those at the end of the tribulation who never took the mark of the beast, they, 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 they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they will enter the millennium as saved people, but still in their human bodies. They will, over the course of a thousand years, they will have children who will have children who will have children. And think about how many generations could, could be born in a thousand year time period. I said it last week where, where, where there's not disease, uh, where there is not abortion, uh, where there are no wars, where there is no genocide. Can you imagine what that's going to be like on planet Earth? So there will be people that will be born during the millennium who will not be automatically saved because their parents were saved. What does that sound like? That sounds like today. Did you know that nobody, uh, one preacher said it like this, God doesn't have any grandchildren. You have to make the choice for yourself to be saved. Uh, th those, those young people that are in master clubs, those teens that are in teens on target, did you know they're not saved just because mommy and daddy are saved? They're not saved just because grandma and grandpa are saved. They have to get saved the same way everyone gets saved by putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for themselves. So those who enter the millennium are all saved people, but there will be people born, there will be people that will be alive during the millennial reign that will not be saved. And so at the end of those thousand years, the Bible says that Satan is loosed. And you know what Satan does after a thousand years in jail? He goes right back to doing the things he did before he got tossed into jail. He goes back to deceive the nations. And the Bible says that he gets a following. And, and you know, that ought to be a reminder to us, as the Bible says, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, in our flesh, the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Can you imagine having Jesus as king for a thousand years and there will be people that will be born during the millennium and at the end of the millennium, they'll say, yeah, I think we'll follow the devil. Can I tell you, you better not put any confidence in your flesh and I better not put any confidence in my flesh. Now, I'm glad that those who are saved are always saved. Aren't you glad that at the end of the millennium, Satan's not going to get any saved people to follow him because you've already been saved. You're safe. You're secure because of the blood of Jesus. But there will be people who have not put their faith and trust in Christ who will be faced with a decision. And the Bible says many of those people will follow Satan. Notice with me in verse number um, eight, it says, and he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Now, this is not the battle of Armageddon. That's already happened. That was before the millennium. But after the millennium, there is one final battle. The Antichrist led the armies at Armageddon. But this battle will be Satan himself leading his armies against Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse number nine, and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. That's Jerusalem. That's where Jesus is gonna rule and reign. He's gonna sit on the throne. Uh, that is where uh, uh, headquarters will be. That'll be the place that they will come and they will surround the city of Jerusalem. In verse number nine, 
it says, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That battle ends about as quickly as it starts. God sends fire from heaven and destroys all of the armies that have circled and encamped around Jerusalem and destroys them. And then the Bible says in verse number 10, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Remember, they got thrown in a thousand years earlier and now Satan's gonna join those rascals and Satan's gonna be cast in the lake of fire and the Bible says they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. How many say, hallelujah, I'm glad Satan's gonna be cast in the lake of fire. That's a great thought. That's a wonderful thing. For every one of us, we ought to say, praise God once and for all. However, verses 11 through 15 tell us that Satan and the beast and the false prophet are not the only ones that are going to be cast into that lake of fire. Because the Bible says then that the dead, the unsaved, will be brought up to stand before the great white throne judgment. And the Bible says in verse number 12, the books were opened. You say, what are those books that are going to be used at the great white throne judgment? Well, I believe there's at least three books. The first book, I believe, that's going to be opened... You ready for this? Is this one right here. Because did you know that the unsaved, although they do not perhaps believe the Bible, did you know they're still responsible for it? How many of you know that just because you don't know the law, that doesn't excuse you from obeying it? Ignorance is no excuse. And so the books will be open. I think the first one will be the Bible. The Bible says in John 12, 48, Jesus said, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. There's another book that's going to be open. The Bible says that the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. I believe there's going to be a book open. And I believe that book is going to have the sins of every individual unsaved person that book is going to have every one of their sins listed out. Because the Bible says they're going to be judged according to their works. Now, you say, well, does that mean that some people are, are going to go to heaven and some people are going to go to hell from the great white throne? No. Every person at the great white throne judgment will go to hell. Here's why. Because in verse number 15, it says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So you say, what does it mean that the dead are going to be judged according to their works? Well, did you know that Christians will also be judged according to their works? Now, hang on. I'm not trying to confuse you, but I'm trying to explain what the Bible teaches. The Bible says we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. But did you know it will be based on our works, the crowns that we receive at the judgment seat? So you could say there are different degrees or different levels of reward based upon our works. The Bible talks about a crown of life. 
The Bible talks about a, a crown of righteousness. The Bible talks about a crown of rejoicing. The Bible talks about a soul winner's crown. The Bible talks about these, uh, the, the shepherd's crown, the incorruptible crown. The Bible talks about crowns that we will receive based upon our works. Now, we don't go to heaven because of our works. We go to heaven because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. That's the only way you get saved. So we're judged according to our works at the judgment seat for Christians. But the Bible says that the unsaved who are already on their way to the lake of fire because their name is not in the book of life, they've not trusted Christ as Savior. But the Bible says they will be judged according to their works. Now, I don't know. I can't say this with 100% certainty, but I believe it's very probable that there will be different degrees or different levels of punishment in the lake of fire. I've heard preachers say, you know, uh, you know uh, Adolf Hitler, hell is going to be mighty hot for Adolf Hitler. Well, let's be honest, hell is going to be hot for everybody. The lake of fire is going to be an awful place for everybody. But the Bible does say that these unsaved people will be judged according to their works. Perhaps it's degrees of punishment. But then the Bible goes on to say in verse number 14, it says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. So death and hell, that is where uh, people, both body and spirit, they will be reunited to stand before the great white throne judgment. And then they will be judged at the great white throne judgment. And from that judgment, it'll be final. At that judgment, there will be no more wondering. There will be no more waiting. They will be sentenced to a lake of fire. The Bible talks about hell. The Bible talks about how awful hell is. I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke 16. In Luke 16, this is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And the Bible says that the rich man died and he was buried. But the Bible says in verse 23 of Luke 16 that end in hell. This is not the lake of fire yet. This is, this is hell. This is uh, uh, Hades. Uh, this is the place of, of torment. This is the place where the unsaved wait until the final day of judgment at the great white throne. But the Bible says, and in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments. We know that the unsaved, when they die, we know that they go to a place called hell where it is a place of torments. The Bible says in verse number 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Verse 25, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now... Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom. He, is, he was saved. He, he had placed his faith in, in, in God and he had, he, had, he had believed in the work of Jesus Christ who was yet to come. And he is in a place of comfort. He is in a place of peace. But the Bible says that the rich man is in a place of torment. He's in a place of fire. He's in a place of flames. We see that Death and hell, Revelation 20 and verse number 14, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I see not only the devil and the delivered, I see the deception, I see the destruction, 
I see the dead, verses 11, uh, 12, and 13, those who are unsaved, who stand before the great white throne. But then I see, lastly, I see in Revelation 20, I see the decision. And here's the decision tonight. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to make of whether or not you will spend eternity in heaven or hell. You have a choice to be saved or to reject salvation. That's a choice that every person is faced with. And if you're here tonight, I want to tell you, hell was not created for you. The lake of fire was not created for you. It was created for Satan. But because of our sin, the Bible says, we cannot enter into a perfect holy place like heaven. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, you have a decision to make tonight whether you will trust Christ or reject Christ. But then tonight there's another decision. And that decision is this. Once you choose to trust Christ as your Savior, you've got a decision to make for how you're going to live your life. You know, sometimes I think we, we have this attitude, well, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, so I don't have to worry about anything else. I don't know if I've ever heard or I don't know if I've ever imagined a more selfish statement in the world than to think I'm saved and so I don't have to worry about anybody else that's not saved. Friend, I want to tell you, if you were here tonight and you had a cure for cancer and you never told anybody about it and here we are, we're reading off all these lists of names of people with cancer and you had the answer, you had the solution or I had the solution and I didn't tell anybody. Can you imagine how awful and how cruel that would be to say, I'm okay, I don't care about anybody else. Well, friend, we got a decision to make. What are we gonna do about people that don't know Christ? Are we gonna keep the answer to ourselves? Are we gonna uh, just sit on our blessed assurance and say, well, I'm glad I'm saved. Uh, tough luck, they're gonna have to figure it out. Oh, no, 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 that's why Jesus came and that's why Jesus commissioned us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, they may not receive it. They may not accept it, but that's not up to you and me. Our job is to share it. Our job is to present it. Our job is to let people know the good news before it's too late. So you have a decision to make. Are you going to share the gospel or are you going to keep it to yourself? And then there's another decision. You're going to have to decide tonight, and I'm going to have to decide tonight, what are we going to live for? Because the Bible does say that we will stand before a judgment seat of Christ as Christians. It's not a place of punishment. It's a place of reward. But the Bible says there will be some that will stand before that judgment and their works, there it is again, we're judged according to our works. Their works will be tried with fire. The Bible says some will be gold and silver and precious stone, and some will be wood, hay, and stubble. But can I tell you, the decision I would challenge you with tonight is to say, I don't want my works to burn up. I don't want my works to all be temporal. I don't want my works to all be just here and now. I don't want all my works to be well, I made a little extra money or I had a little nicer things. I want my works to be something that matters to God. I want my life to be something that makes a difference for eternity. You have a decision to make. I have a decision to make. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. 
For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.